Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Gate 7 International back at it again at the tail end of Greece first Czech Republic of the Eurobasket. So for the beginning of the show, we will be monitoring the score. Uh, my live score tracker here has Greece up by eight points with about a minute and a half to go. But a minute and a half in basketball can be a lot longer than that. We are coming to you guys uh, after a disappointing draw, 1-1 against Volos. I'm here with Costas Llanos, Marcial, as you guys know, Olympiakos FR. How are you guys doing today, Marcial? As I said before, I'm doing better than two hours ago, but... I've seen better days for sure. Of course. Costa? I'm all right. Uh, hello, Ari. Hello, Marcial. Uh, thank you for inviting me again to the show. Uh, everything's all right. You know, it is football, you know, game of great highs and great lows. Olympiacos have been undergoing some great highs the last few years. Now they're undergoing some great lows. We're going to get in it. We're going to get to it. That we are, that we are. And uh, guys, uh, before we get moving forward, don't forget to like and subscribe. Seriously, every show, every show, every day, the show gets bigger and bigger. There's more subs. The community gets bigger on all of our socials. Spread it to all of your friends. Help us get a larger and larger community here. Help us continue the growth because there are bigger and better things to come. Hit the like button, subscribe, hit the bell if you want to get notified, bottom right-hand corner of your screen, and you can always be notified when anything happens, whether it's a live show, whether it's uh, one of the, our recorded pre-matches, Better's Corner, which is coming up, I'll get to that shortly, as well as some of the scouting reports, all of that good stuff, plus vlogs, more coming. We also have a message from our sponsor, guys. For the betting people of the world, betus.com.pa. Use our promo code GATE7INTL for a 125% deposit boost. You can turn 100 bucks into 225 BetUS has a lot better odds we've seen with some things regarding Olympiacos than a lot of the European betting companies. So check it out. You could win a little bit more money. Plus, with Better's Corner coming up, we're going to help you using our uh, player analytics so that you can make better bets and maybe we can help you win some money. And lastly, guys, Olympiacos DC, as soon as this stream is over at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's 1.30 in the morning Greek time, Olympiacos DC is playing their third game of the season in UPSL, that's U.S. 4th Division Soccer. So check it out, everybody, uh, if you're still up. Uh, maybe you still have some adrenaline after this game, or maybe you'll have some more adrenaline after the Greece versus Czech Republic game. But check them out, because they will be playing... Uh, quite literally right after this is done. So let's get into it, everybody. Chats. Uh, chats already getting into it a little bit. Libyakos 1-1 versus Volos. First half was uh, tough. It was uh, not the best first half. 
Unfortunately, the only real chance Volos got is the one that they scored on. A uh, little bit of a comedy of errors there, we could say. But the second half, there was something to that because that is a, in that second half of football, I saw how I expect Olympiacos to always be playing in Greece. And we saw that in the second half. A lot more opportunities, a lot more build-up, higher match tempo. A couple of quick things for you guys, uh, stats-wise. Uh, over 40 crosses in the game. This is according to SofaScore. The last time we did that was in Martins' second season with the club. Haven't done that since then. 18 shots inside the penalty area. That hasn't been done since earlier last year after the break. Uh, since February, actually, when we played against Ofi and Kriti. And that was the only time that season that we did that. So just a couple of points there to highlight some positives. Uh, but uh, forget what I'm saying here. Costa, how did you see the game? Apologies, guys. I was on mute. Um, well, I mean, I do have a lot of things to say uh, about the game. But in general, I think I have more things to say about the situation regarding uh, this, regarding uh, Olympiacos. Obviously, I mean, you touched on a lot of important bases. Uh, Olympiacos started strong until they conceded that goal, which was a clever goal, I have to say. There was some poor marking, of course. Uh, Fernandez absolutely destroyed Rabchuk with that dribble. And then uh, the, 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 that goal was scored by Ozegovic, Onyen Ozegovic, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It was a clever little flick. Papastathopoulos should have done better to remark him. Thomas Vatslik, my opinion, he didn't carry responsibility for that. After that goal, Olympiacos were completely heartbroken. You could see it. The morale was destroyed. They, they would barely, they, they, they couldn't react. They didn't know what to do after that until, until halftime, really. Uh, some important changes at halftime. Juan uh, Guijo, Masuras coming off, Vasime Bresalico coming off, Pepiel, uh, uh, Youssef El Arabi, and who was the other guy who came in, who came on? I'm missing someone. Uh, Avila came on. And uh, they, they helped Olympiacos get back to their feet. They helped them become more vibrant, more dangerous. Uh, they, but, the, but a lot of chances were wasted, some important chances. Uh, Kunde, Pierre Kunde hitting the, uh, hitting the crossbar with his header, although that was a difficult header. Youssef El Arabi missing another classic chance. And then, of course, you got your Conrad de la Fuente missing some chances that are just unbelievable to understand how he missed them, especially the second one, which was in, in front of open goal. Basically, and he still hit the post. Uh, I think Olympiacos were lucky not to lose this one at the end of the day. Because of you know the way they approach the game, I feel like Corberan, who has barely been in, has barely had enough time with the team, underestimated Volos. His mind was in was at Freiburg, and that's why he didn't start some key players such as uh, such as Biel and uh, and such as um, and such as Youssef El Arabi, and uh, maybe that's why he tried. He decided not to risk Juan Guimbom. I feel like there was a, he did underestimate them a little bit. Uh, I didn't like the reaction to the goal. It's a difficult time at Olympiacos, and I'll get to it uh, much deeper a little later. Martial? Well, this is the kind of game that in, in which you have to open the, the, the scoring because when you lack confidence 
uh, you need to to score first. I, I recall the, a game we played, like I think it was two years ago against Panionios before they get relegated, and we were winning like four nil after fifteen minutes. Uh, I wasn't expect, expecting that today, but for sure, if for example Wijo would have scored in the first minutes, it would have changed everything because. We have been like very, very poor today, but we could have won that game. If the first goal was scored by Olympiacos, it would have been totally different because Polos, they, have, they had like one situation uh, to score and they did it. Uh, and maybe we should have scored like earlier in the second half, but globally it was a very disappointing game for me, especially for some players that had a chance to find by confidence, such as Masuras, for example, such as Reabchuk. Uh, and I speak before the goal of Volos, Reabchuk had like two or three good situations to cross and he failed like very badly. I, rem I recall one when Valbuena made a very good pass to him and he just fell off, fall off on the, on the box. And yeah, it's... It's disappointing, but I would say it's not surprising given the situation at the club right now. Uh, I think that's what it's the most, um, I don't know how to say that. It's what does not give me hope. Like, it's not surprising to see Olympiacos drawing to Volos. Like, it wasn't surprising to see Olympiacos drawing to Asteras because it, we cannot produce more than that at the moment, I'm afraid. Right. There's a couple of comments real quick I want to get through before we continue. Uh, this one from Midnight Sprite. I've heard rumors about Carlos Corberan. He might leave Olympiacos. Is this true? I've heard nothing of the sort. Not yet. Uh, but uh, And I'm sure if that's something that's in the pipeline, we'd hear about it from some of our sources. Costa, you haven't heard anything, have you? I haven't heard anything. Maybe our good friend is asking because there were no post-match comments or interviews or press conferences. As far as I'm concerned, I understand this didn't happen because of uh, complaints um, uh, directed towards the referee and the EPO. Yeah. I think that's uh, the reason. I think yeah. that's the reason. Uh, another comment here from Dera Profidica. Guys, a long time ago, you posted that you would cooperate with Cosmote for the Libyacos fans all over the world. Is this uh, now actually so or not? Uh, no, we, so to clarify, we said we were talking with multiple parties about how to get a service, a legal service for all of the Greeks around the world. Um, as we mentioned before, guys, it's not just fans that are looking for this. There are scouts that talk to us, coaches that talk to us. We have players, families that have asked us, uh, for help. So every, there's a lot of people asking, and I'm going to be frank. Gosmote has not been helpful. They, ha they really haven't. That's just the way it is. Um, Nova Sports has something, at least, a vehicle, very easy vehicle for anybody outside of Greece. Uh, Greece and Cyprus, I should say. Gozmode doesn't. Uh, Gozmode requires a couple of other things. We we have sent a lot of messages to multiple people within Gozmode, hoping that somebody can get moving on that front. We've sent messages to everybody. Anybody that we, that, uh, we could converse with that has any remote connection to anybody in media in Greece, we have been in conversation with them. We're not giving up on it. We just don't have anything more positive to give you guys right now. So that's that's all I can tell you guys for now. But we're not stopping. We're going to continue 
to work on this because it is ridiculous. And with a three-year contract from Cosmote with Olympiacos, we've got to figure something out before, at the very least, before the next two seasons because this is absurd. Um, uh, another couple of other comments I'll address here before we keep going. Um, Nolan Lindner Fox, um, uh, the only good loanee is Bowler. The other two, we need to loan them out. And DR, I knew there was going to be a comment at some point here. You guys have got to talk about the refereeing too. We'll get there a little bit in a little bit on this show. We don't like to focus too much on the refereeing. Uh, that is, I'm going to be honest, guys, that's something small clubs do. We don't complain about refereeing. We complain about our quality. There's preach, a lot of stuff. Preach, preach. There's a lot of stuff that we can complain about, but we did not lose this game because of referees. We lost this game because of not being able to take chances. We Joe Wong missing a chance. Conrad De La Fuente missing two golden opportunities. You've got to make one of those. Those are reasons why we lost this game today. The refereeing, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you guys that the refereeing was bad. Uh, it, it was it was bad today. And I have my own opinions about Greek referees. I'm in agreement that I don't think Greek referees should be refereeing many big games. I, I don't rate a lot of Greek referees. I'm going to be completely honest with you there. But I don't blame the referees for this loss. I blame our performances. I blame some things on our players. That's that's generally the view we take on this show. And and Costa, Marcial, if you guys have different opinions, please speak up. But I I I don't like putting blame on the referees because there's plenty of stuff for us to look inward for why we did not win this game. Yeah, after a game like after a game like that, you you wouldn't you don't want to speak about referee. Like I don't recall any situation when when he did not get give a PK or stuff like that. So. There's no need for me to talk about the referee. Costa. You covered me perfectly. I never talk about the referees. Unless yeah. something insane happens, like something really, really huge, I don't talk about referees. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you guys know what's going to fill the, the the papers in Greece. They're all going to talk about the refs anyway, so you don't need us to talk about it. You can read that in Greece. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but... Uh, Going back to kind of what we were talking about before, uh, Marcial, you brought up some of some of the issues. Uh, you brought up uh, how it wasn't necessarily a surprise for you given certain things. At, at the very least, did it make you feel better that for the first time we actually had a full half, the second half, where it was almost a full half of high tempo and us just completely dominating the game versus in other games, it, we could only put together maybe a good 15 minutes. Does that give you some hope that maybe there's something that maybe that maybe there's something to this team? Or do you think that the team maybe just felt like the pressure was on them? Maybe there was a fire lit under their asses. What no, do you make I, of that second half? There is definitely something on this team because a lot of players in there have talent. Like when you see Pep Bill coming in, when you see uh, Bowler, uh, OK Bowler's ending product for the moment is poor, but at least he can dribble and is is doing like efficient dribble, if I can say that, compared to other players uh, in the team or in Greece or anywhere else. Uh, but the issue is that I had the feeling, I had the feeling that maybe apart El Arabi, no offensive players right now does know how to score or to assist. Like 
the first half of Valbuena, he could have had like two or three key passes, two or three assists. But Wijo is not ready yet. He, he's not playing with his teammate. He's, he's kind of lost on the pitch. Uh, same for Masuras because Masuras is lost since like a few months now. And this is what scares me the most right now. It's like, we've seen it in Europe. Like we have no offensive players that can score for the moment. Uh, unless it's, it's a PK or class gesture like El Arabi did to equalize, but otherwise, so I, I don't know how to answer to you to your question because yeah, for sure I have hope because we have more quality in this squad than any other Greek team. That's for sure, but it does not mean that it will give us the win every time compared to what happened under Martins because those games. Uh, we would have won this game under Martins, maybe even with the team last year being very average, being very disappointing. And so yeah, it gives me hope, but it gives me some scary thoughts at the same time. Well, then let me rephrase the question. Do you think that what with what you saw in the second half, do you think that Corberon can replicate that or continue to build on that? Maybe that's yeah. the question I should be asking. Yeah, for sure, because it, it's uh, with Pebil on the field. So Pebil will be a, start, a key player. It's with Bowler on the field. And Bowler, I assume, is a player requested by Corberan. Uh, it's basically the probably the best team he can put on the field, except maybe El Arabi and Wijo. It depends on both players' form. But right. yeah. He can repli he can replicate that, and he has to. But it's it, it, to me the the scary part is that we have no margin. Like we have no margin with players like De La Fuente, Dashaliko because he's he cannot play ninety minutes. Uh, Reapshuk stuff like that. Masuras. This is what scares me. But the second half year gives me hope at the same time. And Costa, before I bring it over to you guys, just uh, real quick because we hadn't brought it up yet. Uh, Greek basketball team beats the Czech Republic in the round of 16 of Eurobasket. So they will be moving on to the next round. So, and on that note as well, somebody else has joined us. Costa, how you doing, buddy? What's happening? Just finished watching the basketball, man. Good. What's Good up, win. Costa? Something yeah. to be happy about. Yes. Good way to end the night. I heard, uh, I heard you got a new friend. Very fresh, very fresh. You, you, we, we, we have someone new uh, in the, uh, in the, the Levoyani family. Ella, everyone, 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 every, everyone hide. Everyone get hiding. More Levoyani this. Congrats, congrats, man. Congrats to, to you, your family. And here's to little Lucas. Lucas or Lucas, how do we pronounce it? Yeah, Lucas in English, Lucas Dalinica, Lucas Dagalica, we'll see. And, and one day he's going to call himself Luke. He's Lukey Luke now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cosas Lianos, go ahead. Uh, give us give us your thoughts on that. Uh, I think did the second half is... give you a little quote or a little hope, rather? Uh, um, I, I'd like to say yes. Uh, it's obvious that this is the kind of team that probably would be best if it was built around a player like Pepiel. Uh, it, it's so obvious that this guy brings the, gets the team to a whole new level. 
I mentioned how I think Orberan underestimated the Volos and had his mind on Freiburg, uh, which is why he started some players that I don't think he will start against uh, Freiburg. Uh, Pepiel, obviously, a kind of player that elevates Olympiacos. Uh, I, I've said it before. Uh, what, what I find really surprising about this Olympiacos is that they are in this situation that they are. They are so shambolic, even though they have so much quality in there. I mean, player one by one, if you take them, there's so much quality in each one of them, and it's not working yet. The pro- I mean, we've said it so many times at Gate 7 International. Why is the team so shambolic this season? It's not because of Carlos Corberan. It's because the team uh, decided to give Pedro Martins a new contract instead of letting him go at the end of the season and start anew like they should have. And get, find a new manager, give them a preseason, let them get their own players, let them work with those players, let them get rid of the players they don't want, let them have the roster they want and take it from there. Instead, it was so obvious that Martins' era had ended. Olympiacos followed Arsenal's example in just, you know, playing him with nostalgia. Uh, they gave him a new contract. They suffered their most uh, embarrassing defeat in Europe since 2003 when they lost uh, 7-0 to Juventus. And uh, now we got a manager who is young, who is relatively inexperienced, but then again took almost took Huddersfield to the Premier League, finished third. Uh, in the championship last season after finishing 20th the season before and then took that team and almost got them to the Premier League, missed them by a whisker. And he's doing everything on the fly. He's putting Band-Aids everywhere right now. There's a lot of quality in there. It does seem like there is an improvement with each match going by. The key is patience, basically, which we don't like to hear in Greece. And I'm I, th- I, I, I got a lot more to say uh, later on in the, uh, in the show. Costa C, what do you got? Did the second half give you some hope that there was something to be built on here? Do you think it can be replicated? I expected a response in the second half because in the first half, I thought we threw it in the bin. I don't really remember much, if anything, from the first half. I thought it was a drab performance. Um if I remember correctly, they probably had one shot on one shot on goal. The opposition they they scored, and uh, didn't we didn't look like creating anything in that first half. So I think, um, in spite of throwing the first half into the bin, that we deserve to to leave the game tonight with a win. I think we did enough in the second half, but I've said it. I said it on the last show. In this kind of situation where You've made big, big mistakes. The board's made massive mistakes, which we, we've talked about before. You've brought in a new manager after preseason's over. You need luck. You need some luck. You need some things to go your way so that you can turn around the psychology of the team. And so we didn't have the luck, I think, in the second half. But I'm not just going to put it down to luck, the fact that we didn't win. It's also because of some players not being capable enough. How many chances does did Conrad De La Fuente waste today? And I'm not gonna, you know, say he's, you know, his career is finished at Olympiacos or whatever, rescind his contract. He's there now. But we saw, if anything, a reason why uh, Carlos Corberan cut him from the European squad. I mean, those two misses today have cost us the game, not the referees. Well, you let the cat out of the bag. So let's talk about it. 
Let's talk about them. You started it, Costa. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. The, like, you want to, like, people, cause I saw some comments earlier about the refs. Yep. Um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to dance around the topic uh, either of the official Olympiagos uh, announcement that came out today. And just to clarify, this is my position. This isn't Gate 7 International speaking. This is me speaking. So my view on this whole refing situation and, and the announcement that the that the club put out is, is this. I am annoyed as anyone with the time wasting. Today, it really pissed me off. To the point that you saw some of our players, they just, you know, they were dribbling past their players that were on the floor. Like, okay, it, it got ridiculous. Um, yes, the, the referees in Greek in Greece, most Greek refs are bloody awful, but it's not the ref's fault. Again, it's not the ref's fault if De La Fuentes missed two one-on-ones. It's not, you know, how, how much space did he have at the end? There's a screenshot that Marshall shared with us. It's just like five players around De La Fuente, De La Fuente in front of goal. Just, just tap it in and he strikes the post. So it's not the ref's fault De La Fuente misses. It's not the ref's fault that the board decided to renew Martin's contract last season. It's not the ref's fault we lost 4-0 to Maccabi Haifa and, you know, our season's gone tits up and we're trying to put band-aids on everything. And, you know, this is not, for me representative of a big club like Olympiacos. This is Aikula tactics, like talking, you know, what are we, I mean, what are we going to do if they give us a Greek ref next week? We're not going to turn up to the game. We saw, we saw what happened with the basketball team. Do we want to do that in football as well? Like walk from the league? Well, why? Is it a threat? I don't understand. And another thing, like I hear... I hear some some journalists in Greece saying that, you know, this year is different because uh, the whole system's against us and it's going to be war and Banathanaikos and blah, 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 blah. What was it the last four or five years? What was it the last four or five years? Since, uh, since Syriza came into government, what was the name of the bloody sports minister? I can't even remember his name now. It started with a K. Not Kofodinos, another one. Kodonis. Oh, Kodonis. Ever since him, it's been hard for us that the situation with the football federation and stuff. And what did we do? Like we won leagues playing football, barring last season, where just everyone was shite, and we were less shite, and we still won the season in in November. And and, and I'll end on one thing: when are we going to look in the mirror? Like the club talked about uh, the club talked about the fact that we were looking for a technical director. There, there was um, there was the Spanish guy, and there was the guy before that, the, the two Italians, and they said, so "Oh, we're talking to Santis. yeah, we're talking to ten, twenty different candidates. We're talking to ten, twenty different candidates." They said, and you know, we're we're looking. Who replaced uh, Lina Suluku? Who replaced the technocrats? What is Vasilis Torosidis doing? Is he still technical director? If he's not, where's the announcement? Who's in charge of what? Like, are we going to get a technical director? Or is Karebe, or is Karebe doing everything? He, he was instrumental in bringing Marcelo in, I'm sure. And yeah, that's the kind of thing we want him for. But who who's making footballing decisions here that are going to ensure uh, like stability and, 
in future because I, I am a little bit fed up of this whole chopping and changing, signing 15 players every year and getting rid of 20 and then loaning out 10 and then bringing, t- you know, you, 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 that has to, that has to change. So the last thing I'll, um, I, I have as much patience. I have a lot of patience and I'll always support the club. Even if we're playing second division football, you know, hopefully never will. Yeah. Even if Oli Blackwell was a second division football team, I would be watching the TV, going to the games if I could. But there's patience and it needs to come with some progress too. And I'll I'll stop there. Yeah. And I think uh, we briefly addressed, because there were comments earlier about the refs, we uh, addressed them. And you basically said the same thing that we say, uh, adding on to it, of course, the press announcement from uh, from Olympiacos. So it seems like we're all pretty much in agreement on, on that. Now, uh, going back to the discussion at hand, the De La Fuente uh, discussion, Costa, you kind of talked about it already uh, with the shots that he's missed, with some of the... Um, in, when he's made appearances before against the likes of Bassianina, there were some people that thought he had some he had great energy. There were things that he did in the final third that were promising. But then you see opportunities like today where he should have had at least one goal off of those opportunities. The question then becomes, do you think he's good enough? Maybe the, you brought it up before. There was a reason maybe that he was left off the European list. Martial, is De La Fuente good enough for Lubiacos? Good enough for Europe? Bear in mind, he's 21 years old. No, it's not because what do you expect from a player that hasn't won full season at 21 years old? Okay, 21 years old is quite uh, young for a player, but in modern football, 21 years old is already becoming quite old because you need at least like two, three seasons, maybe full uh, at this time to pretend you can make it at Olympiacos. And what I'm seeing right now uh, from Conrad at Olympiacos is exactly what he did with Marseille. Is like he can dribble, he can make us uh, think like, okay, this guy has something, but his ending project is terrible. Like, uh, it, it's no surprise. I'm, I'm not saying I'm don't, I don't expect him to, to be at Olympiacos past January. There is no way he, he will be at Olympiacos for the entire season. Like. He'll probably leave in January. The loan will be will be resigned. And as I said earlier, it's like th- this kind of move makes no sense. You gave him like a, a big contract, I guess, not the biggest one, but he have a decent wage. Uh, he is taking a foreigners foreigner spot on the squad, and you cut him cut him off the European list. So what 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 does he have? Uh, that, for example, Vrusai does not have, and I'm not saying Vrusai is a top player, but if you compare what De La Fuente did today, Vrusai could have did it and could have done it. So this is the kind of move that uh, at the end you end up with 36 players on the roster and you cannot move them because they are on two uh, high wages and no one really wants to pay for players like that. Uh, how it changes is that it's alone, so it's. I think it's easy to to break it, but uh, I'm not surprised by what he's doing at the club right now. He Costa was doing K. the same. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Marcia. I thought you were. No, no, yeah. it was doing the same with Marseille anyway. So. Yeah, Costa K. What's your opinion on De La Fuente? 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we haven't seen much of him, but based on what we've seen so far, it's you know, it's just not good enough, is it? I mean, and he has proven that he's not exactly the kind of scorer that a kind of winger that scores goals. I mean, I had a look at his CV, and he's only scored 15 goals in his entire career across three different teams, I think. Uh, so he has had quite a few opportunities to shine. I, it is obvious he's not seen as a starting winger. He's not seen as the kind of player who's going to start every match. He's not going to be in Europe. At first, we scratched our heads uh, when we saw the announcement, but I think tonight at Volos, we got a good... Uh, I, I feel like we understood why this happened. Yeah, I'm not... I, I don't think Martial is wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if his contract was rescinded in January like it was for Medicarcela uh, a few years back. If he wants, I mean, if he wants to stay, if he wants to prove himself, it is largely up to him. But we're going to have to see a lot of improvement. And I do mean a lot of improvement uh, on the pitch. And it, it's just that I, I'm not too sure what, how Corberan wants to play this season so far. Like when he arrived, we talked about 3-4-3s and 4-3-3s. Today he played in a 4-2-3-1. He's done it before. I'm not too sure... Uh, how well the players and how well he is sharing his uh, mentality, his philosophy, how well the players comprehend his philosophy. Because I'm kind of seeing a Thomas Tuchel in the sense that instead of playing his 4-3-3 from Dortmund and his 4-1-4-1 at Paris Saint-Germain, he kept on playing 3-4-3 at Chelsea, which Conte implemented. So I'm not too sure how Corberan wants to use wingers, but as it stands... Conrad is not a first choice. Well, before we jump into some more comments, there's actually another player that just continues to be a source of frustration for everybody, uh, including those of us who are very patient with him, and that's Oleg. Uh, yet again, I had another, another instance today where Oleg has plenty of space in front of him. He can get the ball forward, but he decides to stop and make back passes. I'm not going to be surprised if I see more back passes out of him when the data populates for player statistics than forward passes. He just, he, he's becoming frustrating. And really the one redeeming quality about him has been his effort level. He gets back, he tracks back. Usually he's pretty decent on defense. But today, I mean, on that goal, he just, he was made a fool of. He was made an absolute fool of. That was horrible, 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 horrible. I don't know how you guys saw that. Martial, I know you're ready to go. Go ahead. What I want to say is uh, I, I had the chance, if I can say that, to be in not uh, for the game. And the funny, the funny thing is that the second half was like right next to the away section. And I swear that the last 10 minutes, the last 15 minutes, of the game and especially Oleg's game, it's I've never seen a left back or left back for Olympiakos getting beaten like that. It was tragic because he he tried to tackle like rugby tackle Blas to stop him and he didn't he didn't even manage to put him down. Like so, it's no surprise. Uh, to see him like beaten by Fernandez, which is a, a decent Super League player, by the way. Uh, and my question is that I have many questions on that. So, does Corberan think uh, that Kutris, uh, Lehner, even without his passport, or I don't know, even Apostolopoulos, 
aren't good enough to play for Olympiakos against Volos, given the fact that Oleg's probably tired, is not in confidence and stuff like that. I mean, who's made, who's made, who makes the decision to play Oleg over and over and over? Because Martins was doing that. Corberan is doing that. We know that Oleg will play on Thursday. So what, what is the point of loaning Kitsos or of keeping Kutris uh, if they won't play this kind of game? Like, is Kutris that bad? This is my question. Like, we've, we also the game against Pajanina. Okay, it's, it's not prime Marcelo, but it's very decent for the Super League, I guess. Costa C, is, is Kutris worse than Oleg? I was there at the game with Marcelo and Lambro at Bazianin, and I thought, despite the fact that Kutris got caught forward a couple times, I also thought the same thing. I thought he had plenty of offensive quality for us going forward. It was a breath, it was a breath of fresh air to see a, a fullback that would take the 20 meters of space being given to him, the 15 meters of space, the 30 meters of space, whipping crosses in, presenting himself. I, I thought that was refreshing. It is, do you think he maybe Oleg is doing better in training? Do you think he's worse than Oleg? What do you think it is? Let me try and approach this a bit differently. So what's Oleg good at? What do we, what have we learned the last year and a half? He's been with us. He's good at tracking back. He's fit. He's quite fast. He's good in defensive transition. He gets back. He catches up with fast wingers. But we haven't seen any of that this season. He got completely embarrassed by Blas in Nantes. Got completely embarrassed today in the Greek league from a decent footballer. What is it? Fernandez is the one that's going to Pauk, yeah? Uh, it was Paulo I mean, Fernandez today. I don't know about Pauk. Anyway, I mean, Don Xaplose. The, the guy was on the floor from a little, it wasn't anything fancy. It was literally just a cutback from the right to the left foot. And the guy was on the floor. Now, there is one, there is just one thing that I kind of have, have some sympathy for, for Oleg. So he played 85 games, 85 games last season for club and country. Non-stop. Non-stop. There's no, you know, reserve left back for Moldova. And we didn't have a reserve left back. We tried to make attackers into wing backs last season. So that, that's the one kind of like little sympathy that I have with him. And that's one of the reasons that I don't constantly shit on him. Because some of the things that I read about Rebchuk are like way too much, guys. I agree he's not Olympiakos level. I think he's been run into the ground. And even the things that he was good at, he's not good anymore. And I don't know if Marshall was hinting at something when he said, uh, why is he playing all the time? We know who his agent is. We know who his agent is, but I don't need to go any further. But you've got, Kutri, you've got literally another two players that can play and one's not playing because passport and fitness and the other one... I don't, I don't know. I th yeah, I think Godric could have played today. He really wasn't that bad against Bazianana. Get Marcelo's son to play. Right? 
<laughs> that's the best comment on this segment. Costa yeah. <laughs> really K, what do you think about Oleg, man? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm, I've met Oleg uh, not too long ago, and I have to say he's a really nice guy, really cool dude. Uh, as for as for uh, Oleg, the player, uh, Costa, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, this is a player who played 80 games last season for club and country. Yes, this guy needed a, a breather last season. He never got it at Olympiacos because there was no one else. Uh, Karbovnik came in and he was supposed to do that, but it just didn't work out. But we're not seeing enough from uh, from Oleg uh, this or this past season. He's been quite disappointing. I was hoping that that goal against Antwerp, the winning goal that Kareskaiki would have turned things around, you know, would have improved his confidence. It would have lit a little fire under his ass. I it was did. hoping it did for a very for a brief uh, for a very. I brief, think it did though last season. He had for good games last time. season, man. He did have good games last season in Europe. Like the Tikinio goal against Fenerbahce, that's his assist as well. I think it was brief spells. Sure, and, and to be honest with you, I was hoping that the arrival of Marcelo would have lit a bonfire under his ass. I've said it so many times, I don't want to get into it too much. But I was hoping Reabchuk would be just like Brownie Deje when Oscar Cardoso joined Olibiakos. Bonfire under his ass. I'm not seeing it yet. There's four left backs at Olibiakos right now. Uh, Doron Leitner, the official stance, the official uh, position is that uh, he's not playing because of his passport. Uh, Kutris, I'm a big fan of Kutris. Uh, I, I think he was a really good player when he joined Olibiakos before his two injuries. Let's not forget that on Pedro Martin, in Pedro Martins' first year, he played ahead of Costas Tsimikas. But, I mean, let's face it, guys. There's two out of two managers at Olympiacos. Uh, don't rate him. Don't play him. Uh, I rate him still, but the fact that two managers are not playing him, well, eh. eh. But at the end of the day, it's very interesting to see how what Corberan has in mind, the coaching staff has in mind for Marcelo. Because when that player is ready... If he can still go, especially in Greece, then Oleg who, you know? I mean, Marcelo's coming. Marcelo didn't... They did, they, Marinakis did bring Marcelo to play. He didn't just bring him over to watch from the stands. And to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm, I don't think Marcelo was, too, uh, was sweating uh, his position in the starting lineup with what he was seeing. And just to kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit, um, make something out of some of the misery there. We did throw a stat up. Uh, as you guys have noticed this season, we've been doing some graphics, including some stats about threat direction, every team we play against. And in that stat, we talked about on uh, on Volos's right side, so for defending for us our left side, that Volos really only creates big threat on the right side. And primarily that's because of Paulo Fernandez. He is, if you look at, at how he ranks uh, in terms of offensive ability amongst uh, wingers forwards. He is one of, he is, sorry, not just one of the best, the best dribbler, 1v1 dribbler right now through four match weeks in the Greek Super League. So there was a reason we put that graphic up because Volos is really only deadly from that right side. And where did we bite it on the goal today? Their only real opportunity, their only opportunity on goal came from that right side from him making that play. So just I just want to pat ourselves on the back there for that one uh, because there were some people that were like, oh, stop with these charts and graphs. It's Greece. No, well, it's not that easy for us anymore. So 
just wanted to just wanted to point that out there and um uh, kind of shifting back because i don't want to i don't want to sit here and just trash oleg all the time <laughs> how important was it for el Arabi to get that goal today for 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 him for him as a player uh, because this wasn't just a penalty. It wasn't a penalty goal. It wasn't just a, a garbage goal. This was a goal that he manufactured. He he was the one that played the ball in to Pep Biel, but then it gets a deflection off of the defender, and he's the one that goes, gets the rebound, and makes the shot and scores. Old school El Arabi in form, manufacturing this and finishing it himself. Does this mean we start to see old El Arabi again, or could this just be another just a goal and then we get another drought from him? Costa K, you go first this time. When it comes to um, when it comes to center forward, they always want to break their duck as soon as possible. El Arabi had already done it, but this is his actual his first actual goal for Olympiacos. Uh, I don't think the, the old El Arabi is coming back anytime soon. Maybe he is. I don't. Based on what we're seeing, it doesn't seem like it's happening. He missed another big chance before that goal. He's he missed some important chances against Apollonas Lemesu in Cyprus, it doesn't seem like he's his, uh, he's his old uh, self anymore. And one of the m- many reasons why Olympiacos are so poor this season is because they don't have Pique Larabi anymore. They don't have his goals. They don't have that killer instinct, uh, the kind of player that once he gets where he needs to be, nine times out of ten, he's going to score this goal. Now, this is not the case right now. And that is why... And that is why it's such a pity with Wijo Huang, because that's what he needs to be to, um, to succeed at Olympiacos right now. That's the kind of player Olympiacos need him to be right now. I'm not convinced that uh, uh, the old El Arabi is coming back. It's important that he got this for his confidence. You could see that he, was, you could see that he really needed it with the way he celebrated with those pistols this time. It was, it was very intense. You could see it and you could feel it. But I do feel like he's in the kind of age where he is at the twilight of his career. Speaking about Pedro Martins getting his contract renewed, I think El Arabi's contract getting renewed had, a, had an intense sense of nostalgia. Kind of like, you know, it reminded me a lot of Pauk, you know, the way they, they're keeping, you know, those double players, you know, the Crespos, the Varelas, the Vierinias, the Bicesvaris, the Alcaduris, the Pascalakides. Some of them are already gone. I get this, but they stayed much longer than they should have. Uh, I'm not convinced that the old El Arabi is back. And one of the main reasons why Albiacos are seriously struggling this season is because they don't have Pique El Arabi anymore. Costa C. The, the situation with our strikers is pretty shambolic right now, man. I mean, there's a reason why Weijo Huang is playing up front, starting, I think, every single game. And while we clearly see that he's not like the lethal striker that El Arabi was when we bought in, I think there there are a couple of reasons why he's been starting the games. He, he needs to gel with the players. One, the only way he's going to do that is if he gets game time. Um, two, his movement off the ball, I think is better than what we've seen from El Arabi at the beginning of this season, albeit, you know, it's... He got into positions again today, didn't he? I mean, the one I can remember was 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 the corner, unfortunately. But he got himself into space and kind of headed it into the ground. And you're just thinking, oh, God, what is this? Um, even 
like strikers in particular, man, they 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 need a bit of luck. And like that chance he had the other week uh, after De La Fuente put it on the plate for him, he could could have should have put that in. He didn't today. He had a chance again. He didn't. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm glad El Arabi scored. I think for Greece, I've said it before. For Greece, he's a luxury with the money that he's getting, and he could be very very important for us this season uh, because we have that kind of quality on the bench right now but you, you still see like that heavy touch that he has um I, ho- I hope he can i hope he can turn it around man i really do we all do because if a is banging goals in it, it's a game changer for for Olympiagos. martial well i have a few things to say on that first of all uh since the beginning of the summer he, he created so many changes, like he wasted most of them, but at least I'm pissed uh, against El Arabi because he missed chances. Not, I'm not pissed against Wijo or against Kamara because they missed chances. It's just because I had the sensation that they do not belong to this team right now. Kamara is kind of a joke, but because he just made like 20 minutes in Nantes. But the difference is that when Al Arabi scored today, like you see, the it's a pure, pure class gesture, like one touch uh, volley that goes in, and this is the kind of thing, a thing it will keep doing in the season. Like no matters if it it goes in or out. Like when you have Al Arabi, you know that that's kind this kind of balls, it will it will be there to play them. So on that, I have no doubts, but. Uh, on the build-up is too poor right now for the football for 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 Corbera's football, I think, and that's why Corbera uh, is choosing to play Wijo because Wijo is more like mobile, is faster, he can go in depth. But at the end of it, I think for the Super League, El Arabi is the kind of striker you need to win the championship. Like. Even if, if he's average, like how many chances he got every game, like headers, uh, ball inside the box, and stuff like that. Uh, he's getting slower, that's sure, because he's older, but he's always where he has to be, almost. And I don't, I don't have this sensation for Wijo because I don't know. I, I think his profile for the moment is now after three years of Al Arabi. Uh, the team is, is is used to one kind of player for the striker, and Wijo is totally different. So he needs time. The team needs time, but uh, I don't. Has the Costa said like for Greece, uh, El Arabi is a luxury for for Olympiacos. Yeah, i I definitely see. I definitely see what you're saying because he, you know. The money he's on, we know what the caliber of player he is, right? We know the class that he has. Unfortunately, the older you get, the more things start to tail off. We saw that last season. Half, almost half of his goal production were penalties. Take those penalties away, and statistically, Yorgos Masuras was our best contributor. It says something. And I saw there were some people uh, saying that Masuras was awful today. Uh, Masuras did you know, when he was on the field, he had some great runs. I don't know if you guys saw, he had a couple of great runs behind the defenders. They just, people couldn't pick him out. 
That's that we know what we get with Masudas, guys. He's not he's he's not a, a Ronaldo. He's not a guy that's going to beat defenders one on one. But what he does do very well is make great runs. He can get behind defenders, create those opportunities, and as long as his finishing form is there, he can be very valuable for us, whether it's on the bench or off the bench. So, uh, I, question: there's a reason? Go for it. Does Masudas put in that chance, the one that Pep Bio played through to De La Fuente? <laughs> Based Look on what we've balls. seen the last the, the last couple of weeks, I, I, I wanted to say that the first miss of Conrad for me is worse than the second one because look at the <laughs> his technique of shooting. Like, was it a shoot? It's not even on the. It's it's not even close to the to the goal. The second one, it's it's the post, but at least the shooting technique is what I expect from a professional player. Like first touch. But look, look at it again, like the first one with the left foot. It's terrible. Like I, I thought it was a pass. Ari told that, but I, it, it I, looks I, like I, a pass. I, that is I like the worst it was a pass. That is like the worst excuse someone who misses that kind of chance would come up with. Uh, yeah, I, I think Masuras Masura would have tapped. The, the, if you're talking about the one with the post, yeah, Masuras would, uh, would have tapped it in. Yeah, I think I think Masuras does, despite the fact that his finishing form hasn't been amazing. I think that uh, I think that he does make that. But yeah, on the uh, on the opportunity, Marcel, that you were talking about, I was hoping, I was kind of deeply hoping. Like when I first saw it, I was like, please tell me that he was trying to pass that ball because if that was a shot, I don't know what to say. It looked like he tried to dink it over the keeper with the left foot. Yeah, but it went horribly He's... wrong. Uh. Uh, who, who knows man i'm for the sake for the sake of believing that he's a real footballer i think I, i'm gonna hope that that was maybe a pass or maybe he didn't know what he wanted to do with it and just i don't know i don't know I, he should have had a goal today he had two golden opportunities that was just i mean uh oh my gosh if people see him in the port the poor guy i hope he doesn't go outside for a while i, w- I would say something like imagine tonight uh, if Wijo scored the seater he missed against, uh, I think it was against Ionicos on Conrad uh, Cross. Conrad yeah. yeah. could, like, could be like with a brace to ne- today and one assist, and it could be like totally different. Obviously, yeah. it would still be out of the European list, but at least you would have like a winger that has one confidence back and could turn it to something nice for the Super League. But. That's an insane stat, Martial. That's actually an insane stat. <laughs> a would-be stat, an incredible would-be stat. <laughs> no, but uh, just a tiny little parenthesis. The fact that Wijo missed that chance was a huge tragedy for me because I, I cannot tell you how important it is for a striker to break their, to break their duck. It's one thing when Harry Kane needs months to break his duck, which he's not doing this season. It's another thing when one when some striker cannot break their duck. Wijo needs to get his first goal. It was a tragedy. He didn't get that against the Unicos. I was very, I was actually concerned. Oh, who was worse today, Conrad or Gary? Has no one read my, my player ratings? Conrad. <laughs> it's not no one yet. Read... Okay. Read read my player ratings when Costas uh, feels like putting them up. <laughs> this 
this comment from Monos G7, guys, name three reasons to be optimistic. We just can't see any light in the end of the tunnel. I have three reasons. Do you guys have three reasons or a reason? Go, you oh, go, go, first. go. You go first. The second half is my first reason. That's that's my first reason. For the first time this season, we saw Olympiacos put together a, a performance in one whole half, not just 10 minutes or 15 minutes of something where we say, hey, why, I wish we could do that for more than just 15 minutes. What we did in the second half, the effort that was out there, the, the match tempo, the, the balls being played, some one-touch ball here and there, that's what we expect to see in Greece. And we actually did it for a half. Something we haven't done all season yet. I gave you guys the little stats earlier. The last time we had 18 shots inside the penalty area against a team was when we thrashed Ofi. The last time that we had 40 crosses in a game, that type of volume, was in Martins' second year with Olympiacos. I guess that technically counts as three things, but I'll put all together, I'll put that all together in in one uh, as one thing. Uh Martial, any, does anybody else have a positive they want to add to that? Because I do have two more, but go ahead. I have one big positive reason to be optimistic, at least in Greece, is that I'm not sure Panathinaikos player can handle the pressure if the, the club is first uh, in, the, in the table, uh, I mean, right before the playoff. Because we all we, the squad we have right now is full of players that knows how to win titles. And at the end of it, I think it will make a huge difference. Uh, the only club that knows how to win title in Greece, uh, apart from Olympiakos right now, it's probably Pauk, especially Luchescu's Pauk. But I don't see them uh, fighting for the title. So uh, also the, the, the depth of the squad will make a difference anytime soon. Uh, I have no hope for Europe, but if we speak about Greece, we, we haven't uh, lost the game in Asteras and today and we could have lost them because uh, when you, you do not know how to score, you could, you could lost uh, the game and we almost lost, lose him in Asteras with the, the goal that was cancelled. But this is my hope is that even uh, when we are very poor, uh, even when, when the club is in big trouble, we don't lose that much games. And at the end, I think it will make a difference too. Uh, the, the the real answer would come uh, with the the first big Greek match we 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 will play. Anybody else have a positive, or do I have to give the other two? I was going to say like, I don't think it can get much worse like this season. But that's really, not really a positive. <laughs> I don't know if that's really an optimistic thing, but like, what about two thousand and ten when we finished fifth? No, no, no. I'm talking about like right now. Like I'm not comparing. Yeah, but, but I'm mean, saying it could like get much, it could get much worse. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Lambro, okay. Lambro much has worse, three reasons. Much worse. It could get worse. Lambro has three reasons to be optimistic that he I mean, wants we've us seen to it. Show. We've seen much worse. These are Lambros' three reasons to be optimistic. One, Pep Biel. Two, Takis Lamonis. And three, Marcelo's kid. Well, Pep Biel was my number two. That was my second reason to be optimistic because even though he wasn't super involved today or as involved maybe as I would like, the, you guys just see the quality like every game. I mean, it's so refreshing to see a player like uh, of that quality playing for Olympiacos. And a uh, third reason of mine, and I've seen some some people here 
uh, bringing it up already in the chat, is in Bump Huang. As long as that guy stays healthy, look, we have a midfield that can play in Europe, assuming that they're available and could stay healthy. Pep Biel, Inbom Huang, Yanam Villa. That midfield three in a 4-3-3 setup can do great things for us. So that's that's gonna be those are gonna be my my positives. Uh the second half performance and those two players. Uh that's that's what I've got today. And we are going on an hour uh so far for the show. So I think it's about that time, boys and girls. That may I just add the, just one little thing Go for it. if I may. because uh, I've I've been no I mean we've, we're talking here about being optimistic. I've 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 noticed a lot of pessimism that I would like to uh to address a little bit. Uh and I would like to say that the team is a shambles this season. And I'm going to say this again in case people forget and start saying that I'm defending the club. The team is an absolute shambles right now. Uh, it's just that I, I, I agree that it's very important to keep this team up to a level, to keep the bar high and to keep everyone accountable. It's extremely important. But it's also important to avoid becoming extreme in some aspects. Uh, I wish Olympiacos had a better manager than Carlos Corbera. And I actually think that if Olympiacos had fired Pedro Martins at the end of the season, maybe they could have gone for Ernesto Valverde. He hadn't yet gone to athletic, he hadn't yet returned to Athletic Bilbao. Maybe they could have. But right now, Carlos Corberan is the guy on the dugout. The guy has barely had 40 days at the job. I'm not even sure if he had time to bring his stuff from Spain over. And when he joined, he... He was ordered to put Olibiak, get Olibiakos in the Europa League. This team, this absolutely shambolic team that lost to Maccabi Haifa at the Karaiskaki 4-0. To Maccabi Haifa at the Karaiskaki 4-0. He had to take that team to the Europa League and he did it. Kicking and screaming, it looked like shit, but he did it. He, Olibiakos are currently undergoing their second preseason. Most of their players are not even ready. Bowler is not ready. Wijo Kwang is not ready. Even Conrad, who sucked today, is not ready. And the star signing hasn't played a single match yet. The star signing is barely training with Olympiacos right now. Marcelo is not training with the team yet. He's barely starting with the team. And he's not going to play until after the international break. And a lot of people are calling for Corberan to be sacked after 40 days. Okay, I'm going to I'll join that bandwagon. Okay, let's let's sack him right now. Let's sack Corberan right now. Let's do let's do the easy thing and get the manager out. Who's going to come? Who's going to join Olympiacos realistically? And who's going to turn this around? Who's going to make Olympiacos fire on all cylinders in 2 weeks time? Who's going to get Olympiacos to the next round realistically? I also don't like it when I hear people saying that uh, oh Huddersfield are not Olympiacos. They're not. But this guy went to the championship, which is above the Greek league, and took them to third place, almost missed, almost took them to the Premier League. And it's not easy. I've been covering Greek, English football for 12 years. It's not easy to do this. This is the guy we have. The team is a shambles. Let him work. Let the guy work. Pedro Martins oh, got his year. Pedro Martins got his team, got his, got his year. He, won, he only won one and a half derbies in his first season, was spanked by Pauk on both, in both legs after coming from Maritimo, Rio Ave, and Guimaraes. 
talking about teams that are not Olympiacos, and he became a legend. All I'm saying, just let him work, be patient, and let's, you know, I, I talked about Olympiacos becoming the Bayern Munich of Greece. If they get rid of Corberan, I'm afraid Olympiacos will just become another Greek team. My opinion. Thank you for your opinions, Costa. But we're hour, hour and change in. We're going to wrap up the show with our usual man of the match and coaches grade. Who wants to start? I think I should make Martial start with man. Unless you don't want to, I can go first. Uh, it's hard to find a man of, man of the match on this game, but I would say Valbuena because people would say maybe because I'm French, but <laughs> the, the quality he still has for the quick league uh, on this kind of game against Follows, against Pasialina, Lamia, this kind of club, it's like, it's so smart. And how many crosses, his crosses are so accurate. His passes, like when he tried to find Holeg at the beginning, he uh, could have had like two or three assists, as I said before. So it would be the man of the match for me. Uh, but it's not a, a clear man of the match. Compared to other game. Okay. Uh, Costa, who do you got for? Oh, and Martial, coach's grade. I forgot to say that. It's out of 10. It's, uh, it's A, B, C, D stuff. I would say. I would say C, C because he, he chose to put Reabchuk and Masuras on the left side, which was the two wrong choices for me. Otherwise, it, it, it should have been a 3-1 three, three, victory with two late goals from Conrad. So I won't be too harsh on Corberan, but those two wrong choices for me cost him the, the B and A rate. Costas Llanos? Well, I'm not French, and I'm, and I'm picking uh, Mathieu Valbuena as well. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, head and shoulders better than everyone else inspirational some good runs good crosses kind of kind of looks like everyone looks up to him in a sense and the fact that a 37 year old uh, player is Olympiacos's best player says a lot about the team right now but big ups to Shane Boswell today uh, I mean we do tend to criticize him and there was a reason we've criticized him a lot in this show but on this occasion he was really good very composed at the back uh, kept uh, the Volos players at bay I, I had been hoping that they, that Ba will finally wake up this season uh, and maybe Olympiacos can sell him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this maybe could happen. As for coaches, great. To prove to you all that I'm not Corberan uh, ride or die, but I still think he needs time, I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I believe he, under, he underestimated Volos. Uh, I believe that... Um, I, I I believe that some players shouldn't have started. I, I believe a lot of his mind was on uh, was on Freiburg was in Freiburg. Gotta do better. Gotta do better. Very nice. Um, I am actually going to kind of split my MVP between halves uh, because I I thought Valbuena, especially in the first half, there weren't many bright spots. Right. Uh, but he tried to find ways to create throughout the game. So Valbuena is definitely MVP. And I'd probably lean if I had to pick my MVP for the whole game, it probably would be Valbuena as well. But I want to give a shout out also to second half day. 
in the first half, Kunde was it was tough. It was pretty tough. I mean, of course, effort, but he not a lot went right. Second half, Kunde, I thought was a different player. So that I just wanted to throw that in there because I wanted to recognize the second half of Kunde, especially after that not game. Uh, we had questions about whether or not we thought, you know, it's like is is Kunde is Kunde the player we th- we thought he was, or uh, is it is he not exactly is he not exactly Olympiacos material? And uh, I'm not sure if I heard boos in the stadium for Kunde or if it was for the ref. I'm pretty sure it could have been for the ref. Uh, it was just timing, I guess. Now, of course, I do have midfield bias. Everybody knows that Costa is calling <laughs> me out there. But uh, I just wanted to throw that shout out. And my coach's grade, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm actually going to say uh, for the coach's grade, I know you guys did uh, C minus, uh, CC minus. I'm actually going to go for I'm going to go for a B minus here. And my reason being is uh specifically because okay, the first half I think he got it wrong. Uh I I agree with you there. Um Oleg, I wasn't a ha- I wasn't happy seeing Oleg and um uh and Masuras on one side. Um I was interested by the Josh Baller Versalico uh right side combo. Corbeton does make changes. He's not Martins where he runs the same 14 players into the ground all the time. So I did like that. There were things. So there were things I liked about that. Uh, I didn't mind seeing Weijo Wong start. Not at all. Uh, in the end, it didn't turn out as well as we hoped. But second half, he made three great changes. And he those changes changed everything. And then we saw something completely different. We saw something we hadn't seen. We didn't score. Yes. Gorbaran can't score the goals for the team, but the changes he made in the scheme worked. 100% it worked. We saw what we haven't seen in almost, I'm going to say the last year and a half at Olympiacos. We haven't seen football played like that second half. So uh, that's why I'm going to give him a B minus because I think he made enough changes. Now, obviously I can't give him an A because we didn't get the win. I can't give him an A. I can't even give him a B plus because it didn't turn out, but the changes had impact. We didn't score, but I, I, for me at least, I feel like he's at least deserving of a, of a lower B, uh, and that's that's how I see it. Uh, and that's that's going to be about it for the show to today, guys. Gosta, Marcial, anything you want to add before we close up? See you on Thursday. Is the only thing I have to say. <laughs> see you on Thursday, indeed. We've got a very, very, very tough matchup coming up. Uh, against Freiburg, my opinion, the probably the best team in the group. So let's see what happens. If we can maybe manufacture a rebound or or get something out of that to kind of turn this group around, who knows? Costa, anything you want to say before we close up? No, I mean, just something quick that I, I feel like a lot of us have been used to watching Olympiacos win all the time, especially in Greece. I feel like a lot of us, and especially the young ones, weren't around when a strong Panathinaikos and strong Aik existed. I was around in 2002 when Olympiacos won the title on same points with Aik. I was in 2003 when they won it on same points with Panathinaikos with that crucial Rizupoli game. It just couldn't go on forever, guys. We couldn't just expect Olympiacos to win all the time, win the right. title by December every year. You, could have, you should have expected at some point Olympiacos are going to be on the back foot. You know, maybe we were... I don't want to say spoiled, I'm going to say we weren't used to watching Olympiaco struggle. Uh, so, yeah, you know, 
Let's take it game by game. Let's let let's let the team work. Thursday, next one on Thursday. Let's see what happens there. If you haven't done so, guys, hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you all of you for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Better's Corner is slightly delayed. I had a lot on my plate this weekend. I'm going to try and kick it up before Europa League. But stay tuned. Hit the bell if you want to be wrong about any live shows, live casts, anything that we do. And until next time, this is Gate 7 International. Kalinitasas, everybody. Great win for the Greek national team for basketball and we're going to see you guys on Thursday. Go,